not only are we gaining roughly a thousand customers from America's Job Exchange, um, which clearly sends a message to the market that we're the market leader, uh, but at the same time, uh, those customers now are going to be part of a, bu- a business whose sole mission is helping them build diverse teams. Hide your kids, lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Three white guys from the Midwest talking about diversity. You know you want to keep listening. Welcome, everybody. This is the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, joined as always by Chad Sowash, and we are happy to welcome today Patrick Sheehan, CEO and president of Newly Minted Circa. Patrick, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. You're very welcome. Very welcome. So you're a Milwaukee guy, uh, Midwest. What should we know about you before we get into the company stuff? Yeah, family man, um, married, uh, a father of two, uh, living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, longtime native of Wisconsin, had, had the opportunity to live in a variety of states, but but came back when my kids were, were of school age. So yeah. It's a, it's a great place to raise a family, isn't it? That's what we, the that's what we say, even when it's mighty cold. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what we say. So the, let's get to the news part of this. So you've, you've had a lot of stuff going on from a rebrand to acquiring some companies. Uh, give us the skinny on all that. Yeah, it's been a busy year. Um, I joined Circa in May of, of 2019 and felt passionate about leading a business that had a, had a real sense of purpose. And I think the roots of, of our business as a job board provider and brand of local job network really didn't uh, encapsulate what we were trying to build as a, as a team. And so we worked hard over the last really seven months to embark on uh, our, our rebrand as Mission, our rebrand as Circa with a, a strong sense of purpose um, in that we believe diverse teams have the power to transform business and, and felt um, the rebrand was was our way of planting our flag that, you know, from this day forward, if you work with Circa, things are going to be different. As you know, um, in concert with the the, the name change, uh, we announced uh, that we had acquired America's Job Exchange, which has long long been sort of identified as a, as a, a top competitor to our business in the OFCCP market specifically. And, and we actually had been working on that acquisition for some time. So I have to, I have to inject one thing and I, I find yeah. this fascinating. You guys, you guys really thought about your logo. Uh, so in the release about it, it says Circa's logo letters are kerned, a word I don't even know what means what it means to create a visual rhythm with subtle cues to connect individuals and create a more powerful whole. Wow. You guys really thought about this. Uh, I, I have to, to say, we, we partnered with a fantastic agency called Studio <laughs> Low that uh, helped us with that. And, and uh, this wasn't merely, you know, our marketing team dreaming up something, uh, you, you know, unique and, and pretty and, and putting good words behind it. It was a uh, it was a big effort, both internally and externally. Local job networks been in the industry for a very long time. You could have obviously put a new a fresh new coat of paint on that. But one thing that you said during kind of like the intro was that you wanted to to let everybody know that things were going to be different. So how will they be different? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, clearly we've served the market with a diversity offering 
Um, but I would say that that uh, in my onboarding and assessment of what local job network historically had provided, particularly in the diversity space, I hate to say it, but it was it was it was very much sort of a check the box type deliverable. And and and, and from my perspective, I, I just didn't feel like that was a good enough effort that would really have sustainable competitive advantage and long-term customer relationships. So, you know, what we wanted to say to the market was, you know, merely compliance with diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives was, was no longer good enough. And that, you know, our belief was that we actually had to deliver candidates um, and help companies with their diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. And so as we set forth a vision for our company, it was very much, um, you know, the legacy product infrastructure, the legacy messaging, uh, the legacy brand didn't encapsulate what we were trying to build as a business. So um, our product investments now going forward clearly are, are, are aimed at improving candidate flow. But also, uh, as we embark on our own internal diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, what we're trying to do is commercialize those uh, for small, medium-sized businesses that, that, that really are are challenged with the talent acquisition, the uh, the culture uh, challenges that we all face uh, mm-hmm. as employers in today's day and age. So you guys are you're, you're coming out of the box saying we're going to eat our own dog food. We're gonna we're oh. gonna actually do that ourselves. Yeah, but I, here's- I worked I worked with a guy that said uh, we actually drink our own champagne. It sounds a little bit better, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any way you want to put it, Patrick, any way you want to put it. Here's 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 the problem, though, Patrick. I, I totally appreciate and I embrace wanting to create programs that will drive diverse candidates into organizations. The problems that we've seen over the years is that companies want to talk about it. They want to throw money at charity. Yeah. And they want to and they want to hire a chief diversity officer and then yeah. give them no fucking resources at all. So the big question is, if you come up with these great products, uh, who's going to buy them? Because all they're doing right now is paying lip service. They're not actually paying for shit. Yeah. I I think, I think your assessment of the past is, is it's spot on. Um, I I find it hard to argue with that, but I, I I do really believe that, um, you know, the, the, the United States in particular is what I can speak for because it's my own personal experience. I feel like like things have changed. I, I, I do feel like we've reached a moment in time where particularly business leaders have recognized that paying lip service isn't good enough anymore. And, you know, I, I, I particularly found it in our organization is, is you know, some of the, the social justice challenges that have, have arisen of late. You know, um, our workforce is quite young. Um, you know, in their mid twenties, early thirties, and uh, they're they're unabashed and, and uh, um, unafraid uh, to speak their minds and share that you know they really want more diversity in the workplace. They they want their their coworkers to look more like their friends and relatives and and partners that they spend their time with outside of work. So, I, I think you're absolutely right, um, but I, I do believe that we're at sort of a sea change moment. Not because of the Ray Floyd issue. I just think even before, I, I think times are times are changing and, and things are different. And you know, I'm 
I'm a, uh, I'd like to say I've got a long career in leadership ahead of me. And, and mm-hmm. you know, if I think about my, my peer group and the people that I speak with, that's what I feel and see. And, and even if it's not the case, it's something that I believe in. So I think it's the right way to lead our company. Here's the thing that I would ask from you. Hearing that you guys are going to eat, you know, drink your own champagne. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that we need from corporate America, and I would love to see an organization like you do this as a leader to demonstrate how you get this shit done, no matter what yeah. your numbers look like. Will yeah. you become transparent with yeah. your workforce numbers? Will you put them out for everybody to see, to see today, and then also show the trend lines? Because yeah. these are the things that we need. We need guys like you to say, hey, I believe in this. Okay, great. You believe in it? Then show us. Yeah, it's a great challenge. Um, I would tell you that there's the dog. Uh, Work from home. (laughs) Um, No, I would tell you that actually, um, like I said, I've I've been with the business for now just over a year. Mm -hmm. Um, I I do quarterly town halls with with the company, and my first quarterly town hall, uh, I actually, you know, asked my team and said, let's look at our diversity stats and let's share them with the organization. And so it was something that I was very transparent with our organization, and we report on it quarterly. We share it with our board. Um, and I would tell you, um, we're, we're not where we need to be. Um, I'm proud to say, if you look at our, our male to female mix, we're nearly equal or almost almost even more skewed towards the female side. And, and I think that's that's something that's really important to, to well, us. No, nobody's, where they, nobody's where they need to be, though, Patrick. Yeah. And I think this is the key, is that if you are not where you need to be, you are still transparent publicly, yeah, publicly, yeah. not just internally, but publicly and say, we are going to do better. And this is where yeah. we're going to plant our flag and watch us because ch- we're challenging not just ourselves, but we're challenging you. Yeah, no, I'm not opposed to that in any way. I mean, I, I think if if the marketing team can present that in a way on our website, I I, I absolutely own that. Why, why not? That's good stuff. Yeah. So speaking of websites, Patrick, uh, Chad and I are old enough to remember when Diversity job postings <laughs> meant that you just put your jobs on yeah. diversityjobs.com yeah. or some URL that had a diverse you know, uh, nomenclature in it. I feel like we need to get way past that. So yeah. how are you guys, You know, is this just diversityjobs.com 2.0 or is it actually a new approach to uh, you know, getting in front of the right audience? Yeah. So, so our, our business has historically had um, a strong relationship with uh, a large large and growing roster of, of community partners that represent diverse groups, if you will. And our historical outreach management product uh, really sent job opportunities uh, in a push relationship to those community partners. And as I assessed sort of the efficacy of that product, my belief was that, that you know, just, just blasting people with an email or with links to, to job postings really wasn't, an, it was an ineffective way uh, to actually attract real candidates. And so what we're working on internally is, is actually trying to create much more of a, a community partner, I'm sorry, a community partner portal mm-hmm. that has greater network, networking, greater interaction, greater dialogue between not only us um, as Circa and the community partners, but also the hiring employer and the candidate and the community partner. And I think it's important that we create an ecosystem where uh, folks, um, are, it, it's much more simpler and easier to use. I would say that that uh, thematically, I believe as a software provider, you know, we we have to have a very simple and easy to use product. And and I would say that today isn't representative of, of sort of the Circa legacy products. And so that's a that's a big effort for us internally. Yeah, that's a big commitment as well, 
right? Yeah. To be able to move away from. And, and we're talking about something here that not many people understand is that you were, are working with the most archaic of archaic systems. I don't mean your systems. I'm talking about state and local job yeah. banks, federal yeah. job banks. These are the most archaic systems known to man, uh, at least here in the United States. Uh, how are you, uh, when I was with direct employers leading the National Labor Exchange uh, effort, our focus was to try to press better technology down into state workforce, into uh, federal, uh, obviously the federal side as well. That was incredibly hard. What are your efforts to be able to to hopefully uh, do the exact same type of thing? And are you seeing those those state and local starting to embrace new technology? Um, well, I think I think by and large, you know, uh, the technology solutions providers to the states like Geo Solutions are, are, are doing a good job. You know, I think states are work, working with state and local government. Um, uh-huh. it, it's challenging, right? Um, and I think their their ability to adopt sort of innovative technology. Um, you know, I, I kind of liken it to to you know the success that Uber has had, sort of breaking down traditional barriers in state and local jurisdictions um, to to displace sort of the taxi environment. I, I, that's kind of the, the messaging I get. I give to my team internally. Like like sometimes I think we have to sort of not not break the rules, but I think we just have to push push the envelope of kind of what's historically been acceptable to, to get real change. You know, I, I, uh, we tried some outreach with uh, some of the states to forge uh, a, a better relationship. I, I would say that's, that's been challenging to get to the right people on the phone and, yeah. and become top of mind. I, you know, I, I, w- I would venture to guess that the, the folks working in the state unemployment agencies likely are understaffed and overworked. And, yeah. and that's that's a challenge that unfortunately I don't have an answer for. Right. So I'm still learning. Uh, but I would say it's 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 one where you know ultimately the the the, the comment that I make to, to my team is ultimately the state agencies have the same goal that we do, which is putting people to work. If we can remind everybody of that, I think, and be aligned on that, that's what our goal is. Hopefully, we can see see a path forward. We'll get back to the interview in a minute. But first, we have a question for Andy Katz, COO of Next. Andy, for clients that are sort of married to email and a little hesitant to text messaging, what would you tell them? That text messaging is part of any integrated strategy. There's not one size fits all for anybody. Job seekers opt in to different forms of communication, whether it's with Next or anybody else. They might want to receive email. They might want to receive SMS. They might want to receive target retargeting on their desktops. So it's one piece of an overall puzzle. For more information, go to hiring.next.com. Remember, that's Next with the double X, not the triple X. Hiring.next.com. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Sticking with government for a second, um, it, it seems like 
in the past decade or so, uh, government agencies have been neutered uh, in terms of what they can do and their the manpower and, and, and whatnot. And you mentioned sort of being understaffed. It seems like historically, uh, companies have done, in quotes, diversity uh, to, to keep them out of court, right? To keep them, to keep them out of trouble with gov- government regulators. Where are we now with, with government regulation and actually having the ability to flex on some of this stuff? And particularly with with COVID being uh, such a centerpiece of, of government and straining, straining already strained resources. What's your take on what the government can do and, and will do in the future in regards to regulation and enforcement? Yeah, clearly, uh, as we talked about at the beginning uh, of the show, I've, I've been in the market now for well, just a year. So I'm still learning. Um, yeah. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Director Lean at the OFCCP. Um, I think the the changes that he's made, sort of their approach to audit and enforcement, to, to have more more desktop related audits, to you know expand reach, um, I think has largely been effective. And and whomever follows him in his role, I, I, I hope uh, that they can be equally as effective. You know, I think again, I I, I think you know Director Lean, you know, ultimately he wants to give um, everyone, regardless of their physical abilities. Uh, Race, color, uh, orientation. He wants to give them all the same opportunities, and I think that that's 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 why the OCCP exists. And and I'm hopeful that you know that that will uh, continue to have an impact not only on federal government contractors but non-federal government contractors as well. Yeah, well, I have to say that most of the individuals that have been in his position have not been approachable. He is incredibly approachable and uh, and definitely listens, right? So yep. that's one of the things that we haven't seen from government, at least uh, over the years, especially in that position that which is definitely an enforcement position. Uh, but he he's he's definitely a good cat. I want to I want to pivot over to the America's Job Exchange buy in this world was was really a big acquisition. But the but the question is why buy and. When are you going to transition AJE to the Circa brand? Yeah, um, I, like you know, clearly uh, it's it's a niche industry, and for for us, we've had a tremendous amount of success gaining uh, new customers over the last four to five years, mm-hmm. and you know, market share is is an important metric for us, um, and we long identified you know America's Job Exchange, Direct Employers, Broadbean, Equest as is sort of our um, our roster of competitors, and you know, America's Job Exchange, is, um, in all respect, was 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 a product line of a a, a non-core product line of a much larger uh, web hosting business or inter- hosting company called Navisite. Right. And so, you know, what we believe is that not only are we gaining roughly a thousand customers from America's Job Exchange, um, which clearly sends a message to the market that we're the market leader, uh-huh. uh, but at the same time. Uh, those customers now are going to be part of a, bu- a business whose sole mission is helping them build diverse teams, uh, as opposed to, you know, we're this sort of a product line of, of a completely unrelated business. And so I feel ultimately we're going to be better serving uh, those customers and we're going to learn from those customers. There's some technology assets that we're still sort of in the early stages of evaluating whether we kind of keep them long, longer term. But ultimately, our goal is to transition those customers to the Circa platform by year end. Okay. So are you looking at keeping the, the, the Massachusetts crew in a remote kind of environment? And that being said, yes, no, maybe. Uh, are you going to stay in more of a remote environment after COVID goes away? Yeah, those that, ret- the, those that stay with the business will be in a remote, a remote, uh, um, remote capacity. Gotcha. Okay. What about the transition from the AJE brand to Circa? What kind of a time frame do you see that happening in? 
Well, it's, a, it's actually already kicked off. Um, I think this week, I believe, the, uh-huh. I guess I haven't looked at the website, the actual AJE website will have a reference to Circa. Yeah, it does. But yeah. And ultimately, so my marketing team is just, and my technology team, they're really, they're great on both sides of the, the fence at AJE and uh, at, at Circa as well. Yeah. Ultimately, that, that that brand will be transitioned likely by year end as well. Patrick, we talk uh, a lot on the show about automation uh, and how AI is is infiltrating recruiting and, and how companies hire. And the sense of the companies that provide automated services, pre-screening, et cetera, uh, talk a lot about unbiased recruiting, right? Like when the bots are doing the pre-screening and the interviewing, isn't that the ultimate form of unbiased recruiting? What's your take on that? Do you guys plan on on getting into more automation? I know you, you do some <coughs> consulting work what's your what's your take on on that yeah so ai is is clearly the buzzword in in technology today um, I, I would say unfortunately local job network was not putting forth the necessary amount of technology investment to really consider leading edge um, development like like AI and at Circa, you know, I would say we're not we're not kicking off sort of a, a, of an investment in, in AI today. But as we think about our longer term product roadmap, you know, enabling more use, uh, leveraging more use of of, of programmatic. Uh, search, candidate matching, et cetera, clearly is, is part of our business strategy. Uh, but I would say, you know, artificial intelligence uh, as a word is not a core competence of our business today. Um, and rather, I'd, I'd prefer to look at other providers that are providing those technology platforms and think about how we can partner with them uh, to enable a better candidate experience and, and uh, uh, candidate flow for our employers that, that, that we count as customers. You know, it's, it's, um, I do believe that, that uh, artificial intelligence will help remove uh, unconscious bias, but ultimately, you know, hiring managers, whomever they are, uh, really have to have the right level of training. And that's something that I would say is a first, first step for us is how can we provide um, you know, tools, uh, templates, training, et cetera, to help some of our SMB uh, customers with. So, you know, so you're, you're saying you won't be building a, a, a robot head to interview people anytime soon? <laughs> no, that's is not, that, is that, not okay. plans for us. No, not at all. Um, but, you know, like modern hires right down the road and, and uh, you know, they're doing a lot of those things. Uh, so, so perhaps that's somebody we could we could think about partnering with uh, to improve that, that experience. Yeah. So, yeah, there are tons of young startups uh, and obviously, well, more established uh, that are focused on the unbiased tech. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the the ability to audit, uh, just because we know that obviously anything that we do, if it's modeling off of human behavior, we are the most biased beings in the world. So therefore, it's probably uh, a good thing to audit off of. Big question, what is your company seeing with your clients focusing on driving diverse candidate slates to the hiring manager. I think that that's probably one of the biggest steps that we can take to ensure that the candidate slates that we're putting in front of the hiring manager, at least it's not all old white dudes right out of the gate, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I, what I would say is invariably the, the chief complaint that anybody in, in our businesses likely gets is, is, you know, not getting adequate candidate flow. And ultimately, I think really talented uh, talent acquisition professionals recognize that, you know, if you're, if you're focused on, on diversity initiatives and hiring 
a more diverse workforce, it takes real work. It, it, it takes it takes different effort. It, it takes perhaps expanding kind of the filters that you you may have once used historically. You know, things like uh, our college degree is really necessary. Our right. uh, is having a criminal background something that we'll we'll now consider. I mean, those are those are real uh, considerations that you know, hiring managers, talent acquisition professionals really need to engage in conversation with their senior leadership to say, if you're really committed to this, are you really, are you committed in such a way that, that we're, we're going to do something very, very different. Right. Well, and that's, that's where meritocracy really breaks down. And it's nothing but a dog whistle these days because the ban the box isn't happening or they are using these requirements that filter out more of a, a diverse candidate flow. Uh, big question since most companies aren't seeing that, uh, or we're not seeing that from most companies. Uh, what about the actual building of talent, diverse talent pipelines? through education. You were in the education space for a little while, right? Yeah. I um, ran a, a software as a service business that provided professional education in the healthcare and financial services and real estate world. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, there are, um, I think there are, are companies that, that clearly are trying to blend talent acquisition along with identifying skills gaps and, and delivering education to address those skills gaps to make a candidate much more attractive um, to open positions and um, I love that um, I, 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 I wish I, I could I, I wish we, we, we I could tell you that we were there I, I think mm-hmm. I have a soft spot in my heart for delivering education to our just delivering education because having done it for a number of years um, but I think you know uh, as as a longer term strategy that might be something we, we we really think long and hard about but I, I I absolutely believe those that you know there are companies out there today that I think you know stick to their knitting and, and really are focused on um, addressing the skills gap that exists. And uh, I'd be proud to partner with businesses like those as opposed to trying to do it myself. You know, we're, we're a, a relatively small business, um, about 150 employees. Um, so w- one of the things that I, I come from a place of, of leadership is that we, we do have to focus on, you know, a, a handful of priorities. And if we can execute on those really well, then we've, then we've likely created something special. Amen. Patrick Sheehan, everybody. Patrick. Thanks for joining us on the show. For those listeners who want to learn more about Circa, where should they go? Uh, CircaWorks.com would be great. Good enough. Chad, another one in the books. We out. out. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Chad. Thank you for listening to Podcasts with Chad and Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We out. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. 
and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.